Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in May of 2021. And welcome to episode 45, Engaging Anonymous Learners. Mm. And we want to give a shout out to jhauk 63 She gave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. The title says, love it with a little heart. I love the quick pace, episode length, title, and content of this podcast. Kudos to Laura and Karina. Thank Yay. you. Thank you. We can't wait to hear more from you on yes. Twitter. Yes, we found you on Twitter. We matched. We did a little That's stalking, it. didn't we? We did. We matched the Twitter handle to the Apple Podcast handle. <laughs> yep. We're assuming it's the same person. If not, that other Jay Hauk is going to be followed <laughs> <In> by <laughs> surprise. <laughs> All right, let's start with our reflections. This week, I've really been trying to integrate my number talks mm-hmm. and my count around the circle. Okay. I've tried to be really strategic with what I've chosen as my number talk so that it complements what we've been doing in the counting around the circle. Kind of a mirror effect, right? right? So that, well, and so that they can transfer those skills. Right. <laughs> Uh, hopefully please god (laughs) at least that was the goal (laughs) did it happen well (laughs) not at first when even and i thought it was gonna be so obvious i thought they would just be like oh this is a piece of cake bless your baby heart fifth fifth grade (laughs) fifth grade counting back by a fourth and and then subtracting by three fourths so that's just three one fourth and it wasn't so obvious. The first thing they wanted to do again was like this regular, let's change this mixed number oh. into an improper fraction or a fraction greater than one and then subtract the three fourths. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and did you do it on the fourths? Like, was it? It was, you know, no, seven it and was, two fourths or yes, something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So it was on the yes, fourths. Yeah, it was, I think it was one fourth because I did want them to go over the. The whole number, right? To right. switch over. But if it was, but let's yes. say if it was seven and two fourths and they really wanted to like break seven into six and bre- Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. And they couldn't just go, hmm, seven and one fourth, seven. Yeah. Six and three fourths. Yeah. They couldn't do that. No. It got better. The mm-hmm. first one was challenging and a little frustrating. And this is where I'm glad. I'm grateful to have a mask. mask? I knew you Because <laughs> at least I could hide my... Frustration? Uh, yes, frustration. Uh, but it, it did get better. And I think once they started to see that what I was really going after was the actual, you know, strategy that mm-hmm. we had practiced mm-hmm. and and using it in the number talk, you know, they, they, they eventually did get it that this is what Mrs. Cousins wants. So it was a little bit more targeted. It wasn't like the regular number talk where mm-hmm. I'm just leaving it out to the open, come right. up with a strategy. I... So I almost want to give it's, it a different you funneled name. funneled it. Yes. Almost, right. Yeah, like a focused number talk. So maybe it was kind of a consolidation of their learning from the count around the circle. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. you wanted to see if they got it. Right. So anyway, just trying new things. My reflection for this week is about our episode 43. And one of the things that 
we had talked about was the importance of games. Yes. One thing I absolutely want to do next year is make sure I get games in the hands of every kid to bring home as well as play in the math class. Yes, so important. I I just, I can't tell you. Again, I'm playing games with fifth graders with two dice and they can't subitize each dice and they can't start a count from like the higher number, from the greater number. So they're literally counting every single pip. So no matter what, definitely K1 and 2, and then definitely in 3, 4, and 5, games have got to be a part of the rotation. Like it's it's not an option. Yes. I'll make sure that everybody understands the importance of that next year. Wow. And I get it this year, COVID restrictions, yada, yada. Totally, totally. It's a very odd, unusual kind of year, but... But next year, yeah. game on. Yes. <laughs> you yes. like that? I do. <laughs> I'm going to make that my mantra for next year. I like that. Game on. Mm-hmm. Okay, our good news. Yes. We are so excited. <laughs> I'm clapping my hands. <laughs> We're so excited. We've made some decisions about our book club. We've kind of teased about this, this idea about book clubs, and we could not be more excited. We had several books that we were going to ch- we chose from and it came down to building thinking classrooms in mathematics grades K through 12, 14 teaching practices for enhancing learning by Peter Liljedal. And th- I think the reason we chose this were uh, there's a few reasons. First, yes. it's K through 12. Mm-hmm. Anybody, everybody, Twitterverse, you're welcome to join us. It can even be for post secondary, for, for sure. College. It can even be in pre K. For sure. And I think the second reason why, well, we both got our copies, and mine's still been sitting next to my, on my nightstand. Okay, I haven't quite cracked it yet. It's and been a little bit of a busy year. It has been a little bit. <laughs> and again, we've discussed how it's testing season. It's stressful. Yes. This is like the the big the uh, yes. time of year. Crunch. Yes. But I cannot wait to go through this book. And and since it's a new book, we also thought it would be a great a great book to choose. Mm-hmm. Here's some logistics. We are going to do this on a Google Meet. Yes. I tried to participate in the yeah. Twitter chat for this book, and I, I'm not a Twitter chat person. I'm just not. I get First it. Of, you know I want to be face-to-face yes. with people. Yes, In the same room. So right. if I can't be in the same room, okay, Google Meet is going to be our second way to yes. do it, right? Yes, So we can have 100 participants, okay? Yeah. That's it. We are going to have it for one hour at a time yes we're also going to do it in the summer yes two days a week yes you want to tell them about the days and times i'm on it okay we decided on wednesday it was halfway through the week Mm -hmm. wednesday at 7 p.m eastern time Mm -hmm. and saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And wait, I do want to let people know why we picked 3 p.m. on Saturdays. You know, back in the day, I could sleep in. I I don't really sleep in anymore. But if I'm on the Pacific Coast and I want to sleep in till noon, yes. well, then there you go. Then you can roll out of bed and turn your computer on. Right. (laughs) And, you know, on Saturdays, we get it. Saturday mornings, there might be sports activities with kids. There might be other things that you're doing. Right. 
And that's why we wanted to push it. But we didn't want to do it too late in case, I mean, obviously it's the weekend. You might be, you know, getting together with family or or whatever. (laughs) Right, go out. But also, you know, we did a later one for Wednesday. And then we wanted to kind of do an earlier one for Saturday. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to attend both. We would love for you to attend both Mm -hmm. if you're, you know, if you're committed to reading the book. Mm -hmm. We will be going through probably about... We're going to try two chapters each time we meet. Each session. Now, we don't know if that's actually going to happen because Karina and I have both been participants and facilitators of other book clubs. Yes. And we know what happens. We, right. We all start yapping about good stuff and kind of go off on not necessarily a tangent, but how great the book is. Do you remember when we did Mathematical Mindsets yes. with Joe Bowler? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. That, that one we had to keep pushing because we got into such good conversation. Right. The goal, though, will be to do two chapters each session, and we are going to start June 23rd, and our end date, we're hopefully going to say July 24th. We're probably going to take the 4th 4th of of July July weekend weekend off. Mm -hmm. We'll, you know, we won't count that one. Our goal is to try to get it done July 24th. Before the end of July. Yeah, so that that, because school starts really early. For us, yeah, August 3rd again. Mm -hmm. It's August 3rd. (laughs) Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And I just, I do want to stress, it is, it's casual. Yes. This isn't a formal thing. This is very casual. You know, if, even if, don't worry if you hadn't finished the chapter, just Mm -hmm. come for the conversation because Mm -hmm. we, we will be talking lots. Absolutely. And when you said casual, the first thing that came in my mind was jammies. Yeah. So, you know, if it's Wednesday night and you're already in your jammies or if you're in California and you're in your jammies at four o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday, who cares? It's summer. Yeah. No judgment. None. Or Saturdays at three o'clock Eastern Standard Time, you're in your day jammies or night jammies. Okay. It's all good. Because <laughs> really, we just want to have people participate in the discussion. Yes. One thing that we're going to ask is what was your biggest takeaway? And how will you implement it in your classroom? And that's going to be our focus. Mm-hmm. We'll try to answer some of the questions that are at the back of the chapters. Yes. But if we don't get to them, it's okay. It's okay. Because our focus is going to be what's our takeaway mm-hmm. and how will you implement? And I think the implementation part, if we get to discuss that, that's the most important part. Because For it, sure. it'll kind of, I don't want to say force everyone, but I know it'll force me to take good notes and then start on day one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and be self-reflective, right? And that's absolutely that's that's why we reflect also every episode. Yep. Speaking of every episode, I think it's about time we get into today's episode. Let's do it. <laughs> First, we have to start with what do we mean by anonymous learner? What is an anonymous learner? And I'm going to tell you listeners that I totally took this from Peter's book that we're going to be doing the book club on. Yes. And it's all about students doing the thing called studenting very well, where they know how to play the game Mm. of being a student Mm -hmm. and thinking someone else will answer, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm sitting in the back of the room or I'm off to the side and, you know, it's that whole T, right? We, We know where everyone gets... Gets called on when they raise hands and everything. We want to have students not be anonymous. 
in addition to that, it's also about being aware. I was made aware of this during a webinar that Kyle and John did from Making Math Moments That Matter. Mm -hmm. And they talked about the Matthew effect. Yes. And basically what it comes down to is the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Mm -hmm. And it's true in the classroom too. Those kids that are constantly raising their hand, those are the kids that are getting richer. Yep. They're they're explaining their thinking. Yep. They're they're doing, adding their they're ideas. They're doing the learning. They're doing the learning. And the kids who are not participating, right? Just those passive. anonymous learners that mm-hmm. are out in the, the right. perimeter of the classroom, mm-hmm. those are the kids that are just missing out. Especially yes. now that we're in rows and columns, like Ugh. it's it, it's so very obvious. Ev- evident. Yes. Very evident. We came up with five ways to engage those anonymous learners. And to kind of decrease the effect of the Matthew effect. You got it. The first one is have the students ask a question if they don't know. Let me kind of preface this with what happened in my classroom. I've never been one to really do a lot of hand raising. Mm -hmm. However, with the pandemic and how school looks like right now, it's kind of been the only thing I could do. Call on kids who raise their hand. And I have several students in my classroom that are that have high math anxiety. And the last thing I want to do is to just call them out, deer in headlights, put them in the middle of that, because that's just going to increase their math anxiety. I'm going to lose them before we even get started. The only thing I could think of this morning, and it just happened this morning, the only thing I could think of this morning to make it a little bit more random, and how do I get these kids to engage, because I can't do small groups, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, is Popsicle Sticks. Brought those back out. I did. I was hesitant about it, mm-hmm. but I said, forget it. Let me just try it out. <laughs> yep. I have to do something. I didn't know what else to do. I grabbed a popsicle stick, wrote their names on it, put it in a little bucket, and just called upon, you know, cold, called. Cold. Yep, that's yep. it. But I did talk to a few of my kids who are who ha- have that math anxiety. I didn't want them to feel nervous about being called on. And I said this to my whole group also, but I talked to those kids first. Individually. Individually Mm -hmm. to kind of explain it to them Mm -hmm. what I was going to do so that they weren't shocked. Right. And basically what I said was that it's okay not to know the answer Mm -hmm. and that I don't want you to just say A or C and just jump because... I will ask you to explain mm-hmm. how you got that, mm-hmm. right? Guessing is not good enough. <laughs> I was just going to say, and you're not allowed to say, I just guessed. But instead, I said, if you don't know, we're going to we're gonna talk through it. So instead of just saying nothing or pass or, you know, like giving them the easy way out, I said, ask a question. What's my first step? I don't understand the question. What do we have to do, right? Anything to just get the conversation going. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of took the pressure off. It did, because you shared what happened with me. Yeah, and I, and right, and I had had several students, uh, two that I can think of, like right off the top of my head, that at first said, I don't know how to solve this. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, so what's your question? Right. And then they said, well... I know I can do this, but then what do I do next? And that, right, that started the conversation. That's all we need is a starting point. Exactly. And then they were able 
just, you know, with a little bit of coaching, mm-hmm. they were actually able to get to the answer. Not spoon feeding. No. Coaching. Coaching. <laughs> so I then, I flipped it and then I started asking them questions. Okay, so what would you do next? Mm-hmm. What would you, or what could I do next? Sometimes if you shift that language. Right. Where it's, put it on telling you. me right. what to do. <laughs> yep. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well then you do this and you do this and you do this. And then nice. they were able to. To answer it. So I think trying to get kids taking that pressure off, mm-hmm. you don't have to have the answer, mm-hmm. but you do have to think about it. Exactly. I love that one. Another way we have to engage anonymous learners is CRA. Yes. Bring out the manipulatives. Let the kids draw, not just write symbols. This is so important. And not only to engage anonymous learners, but really to engage all learners, right? hundred <laughs> percent, yes. For more information on CRA and what CRA is, you can go listen to episode 27, CPA Thinkers and Learners. Mm-hmm. Our third way to engage anonymous learners really comes from Peter's book again, Building Thinking Classrooms, is using vertical non-permanent surfaces yes now that's that is a fancy way to say whiteboards but there's a whole other thing besides whiteboards it could be a chalkboard but there's caveats with that it could be a window it could be right a shower curtain a vinyl shower curtain yeah so many things when we get into that into the book study yeah we'll really talk about that but that that brings us into small groups yes whether we're with them or not. Right. And again, you do have to teach the kids, you have to model how to work in a small group. You can't take anything for granted here. No. You have to show them, you have to explain to them, how do we respectfully disagree? Mm -hmm. How do we add on to someone else's thinking? Because we don't want to just leave the thinking out there. Mm -hmm. And and all of these go back to every subject. It's not just math. It's it's reading, it's writing, it's science. It's let's not just leave these ideas out there. Let's build on them and let's have a conversation conversation about, about what it is. There's other little things like the number of markers it's one per group. So you have to teach the kids not to grab the marker yes. out of someone else's hand. Yes. Things like that. The fourth way to engage anonymous learners also comes out of Peter's book with that vertical non-permanent surfaces. It's go look at someone else's work. He, he even talks about that. Kids don't steal exact things. They end up stealing ideas from each other. Yes. Which really is it stealing Right. And you know, it's funny because they always say that. Right. They always say, he stole my idea. Right. I'm like, what? 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 (laughs) Let's change that. Let's say, oh, I had the same idea as blah, blah, blah. Or I did it in the same way. Or like our number talks where we do the the sign language symbol for the same as. Yes. The fifth way to engage those anonymous learners is to provide students, and all students, but it really helps with those anonymous learners, challenging tasks that are non-curricular tasks. Things like open middle, Mm -hmm. things like three-act tasks, things like uh, tasks that you will find on U-Cubed. Like the four fours, one of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. Enrich is another one. Mm -hmm. Another great website. We will link all of this on the show And you have a great book that also... It's called Great Questions for Math Teaching. And again, I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. 
And I think this also goes back to all of those amazing number sense routines. We've discussed those in episode 13. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many great things out there just to get kids thinking mathematically. That really is so much better than a textbook. Yes. So much well, better. They're just more engaging. They're more interesting. They're more fun. I don't even care if they use textbook problems really per se. Stick them up on the wall. Yeah. It makes a difference. You know what? One thing I was just rereading about was how you present the task. If it should be done verbally or written. Verbal. We're going to get into that when we get into that chapter. Yep. You present the task verbally. And then as you're presenting the task and they give some answer, then you put a constraint on it. Okay, great. How about if we can't do this? Or yes, so much fun. So much fun. Wow. (laughs) Are you ready for the challenge? Of course I am. Our challenge for you this week, listeners, is to engage your anonymous learners. Do something in a different way than what you've been doing all year, especially if they've been sitting in rows like our poor babies Yes, yes. Hashtag spice it up. Ooh, I like that one. Spice it up. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.